0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن مُحَمَّدًا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس وَاحِدَةٌ وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا وكل مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وكل بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وكل ضَلَالَةٍ في النار ايها المسلمون عباد الله اتقوا الله تعالى فيا الله سبحانه وتعالى فقد فاز المتقون واين دي فيا الله سبحانه وتعالى ذي <coughs> الحمد لله الله عز وجل instructs us in the Quran as well as the Prophet وسلم, instructs us in his sunnah to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala often To make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says O you who believe, O people of iman Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly, dhikran kathiran, and glorify his praises morning and evening. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, sabaqal mufarridun, qila wa manhum ya rasool Allah, qal al-dhakirun kathiran wa al-dhakirat. He said that the mufarridun have gone far ahead. And they said, Ya Allah, who are these Mufadidun? And he said, there are those males and females who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much. They remember him often. So Al-Islam, the Quran and the Sunnah instructs us to constantly remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned that we should keep our tongues moist. With the remembrance of Allah To often make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There are also certain times and occasions Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa As well as Allah azza wa jal in the Quran Instructed us to make adhkar To remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In specific occasions And on specific times of the day And from these specific occasions is after the daily salah, is after the five prayers that we pray on a daily basis. For example, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَسَبِّحْ هُوَ أَدْبَارَ السُّجُودِ And glorify Him during part of the night and after the prayers. Yeah, the great Sahabi Abdullah ibn Abbas عنهما, He commented on this ayah and says This refers to tasbih after the prayers This refers to glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala After the salah In another verse Allah azza wa Jalla said فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَىٰ جُنُوبِكُمْ When the prayers are completed, then remember Allah. Whether you are standing, sitting, or lying down. So, Ya Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, he instructs, that at the end of the prayer, make adhkar. Remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Whether you are sitting in the masjid, whether you are standing, whether you are lying down, which means in any situation, Even if it means you had to leave the masjid early And as you are leaving and walking and driving Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala After the salah In another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Once you have fulfilled your duty Then strive in devotion Turning to your Lord alone with hope some of the scholars of tafsir as imam al Taala, he said that some scholars of tafsir said that this verse means when you have finished your prayer and completed it then strive hard in supplication and turn to your lord alone to ask for all that you need so these are some of the ayat where we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us with adhkar after the salah. Allah azawajal also said, اللَّهَ And men and women who remember Allah often, أَعَدَّ اللَّهُ وَأَجْرًا عظيمًا. For all of them, Allah has prepared forgiveness and a great reward. Ibn Abbas, he commented on this verse and he said, This verse refers to those who remember Allah after the salah in the morning and evening, and before they sleep. Whenever they wake up from sleep, and when they leave or enter their homes, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah Azza wa to make us of them. These are the ones Ibn Abbas said, they are the ones who are included in this ayah, Are those who remember Allah much, and Allah has prepared for them forgiveness, and a great reward. So alhamdulillah, we find the Quran has stressed the importance of adhkar after salah. And of course, even more so in the sunnah. If we look at the sunnah, we find various different adhkar that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, taught us to recite after the salah has been completed. And we know the first thing he said, Upon completing the prayer, he would say, Astaghfirullah, 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 Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam tabarakta dal jalali wal ikram. And the ulama of Al Islam, they said, The reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us with adhkar after acts of worship. For example, hajj is coming up. When hajj is completed, Allah instructs us in the Qur'an to remember Allah. When we finish Ramadan, Allah instructs us in the Qur'an to remember him, to make dhikr. we we've seen when we finish the salah, Allah instructs us to make dhikr. And the reason for this is that our worship is never ever worship that is on a satisfactory level. Or it's never worship that is close to perfection. It's never worship that is done with true ihsan, worshiping Allah as if we can see him. Or at least as if we feel Allah is seeing us. And this is why Allah says, when you're completing your worship, turn to your Rabb and make dhikr. As if you do not, you should not feel, my worship is complete, and I'm done. Now I can go back to my daily life. I've completed the salah, and I'm done for the day. Rather you've completed the faraid. now remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this will make up for all the shortcomings that you have in your faraid. And this is why as soon as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa completed the prayers, he would seek forgiveness three times. Knowing that the salah how prayers are not close to being where it's supposed to be. So the sunnah is as soon as we complete, we seek Allah's forgiveness. Because we did not pray the way we're supposed to pray. We did not focus the way we're supposed to focus, or concentrate, or humble ourselves in front of Allah the way that we are supposed to. Rasulullah also used to say, لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك La الملك وله الحمد هو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد الجد. then he used to say la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharikalah lahu al mulku lahu la hamdu huwa ala kulli shay la kuwa wala illa billah la ilaha illallah wala na'budu illa iyya hu lan ni'matu wa lahu al fadlu wa lahu al sana'u hasan la ilaha illallah mukhlisin lahu al din wa law ka al kafirun then he would make tasbih glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 33 times praise Allah 33 times declare his greatness takbir 33 times and then he would say la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah lahul mulk wa lahul hamd wa ala kulli shay'in to complete the 100 and he said whoever upholds this dhikr Allah will forgive his sins even if they are as much as the foam upon the ocean And this one is quite famous, Alhamdulillah, I would say most Muslims, inshaAllah, are aware of this, this sunnah. But what we don't know is that this is not the only hadith on this issue, on the Tasbih and Takbir and Tahmeed, saying, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, and Allahu Akbar. Rather, sometimes the Prophet ﷺ would say it 33 times each, and Allahu Akbar, he would say 34 times. And sometimes he would do them 33 times each And not say la ilaha illallah la sharika la. And sometimes he would say them 25 times each Subhanallah 25 times Alhamdulillah Allahu Akbar 25 times And la ilaha illallah 25 times Sometimes he said them 10 times each Subhanallah 10 times Alhamdulillah 10 times Allahu Akbar 10 times so the ulama said, for example, people are in a hadith, people don't have too much time, they can say it ten times, they're still fulfilling the sunnah. What we learned from these ahadith, is that these azkar should actually be, they should be, at times you act upon one, and at times you act upon the others. So sometimes you say 25, sometimes 33, sometimes 33 and 34, and so forth. In this way, we are acting upon more of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. After the salah, he also would say, Subhanakallahumma Allahumma wa bihamdik, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. These are five adhkar. Another dhikr he would make, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. He would also say, Allahumma inni bika min al-kufri wal fakri wa al qabr. <تصفيق> <تصفيق> اني ودعي <يتسي> اللهم اني اعوذ بك من الجبن واعوذ بك ان ارد الى أرض العمر واعوذ بك من فتنة الدنيا واعوذ بك من عذاب القبر اني, <يتسي> <اللهم> إني عذابك يوم تبعث عبادك اني ودعي <يتسي> اللهم اغفر لي ما قدمت وما اخرت وما اسررت وما اعلنت وما اسرفت وما انت اعلم به مني انت اعلم انت المقدم وانت المؤخر لا اله الا انت that's ten adhkar. Then the Prophet sallallahu would recite ayatul kursi as well as the mu'awwidat, the three quls. So subhanallah, what we find is that majority of the adhkar are mahjura. Majority of these sunnas have been lost amongst the people. Most people don't know the ten, or even half of the ten, or even half of the ten, and this is because the sunnah has been changed and replaced with innovation with bid'ah. And this is why the Prophet said, Kulla bid'ati wa kullu bid'atin ضلالah wa kulu ضلالة finna. That every bid'ah is misguidance and every misguidance will be in the al fire and he said in the hadith that no bid'ah will be implemented except that a part of the sunnah will be replaced by it or lost by it <coughs> and this is, was stated by many of the sahaba as well utabi'oon like Hassan ibn Atiyah, rahimahullah so this hadith is this is different over in terms of the authenticity of the hadith but the ma'ana is sahih the meaning of the hadith is correct and it is witnessed it's witnessed by reality that when people turn to bid'ah the sunnah gets replaced and gets lost so instead of the sunnah adhkar being recited you find an imam making dua when the imam completes the prayer he lifts up his hands, takes the microphone, and he makes a lengthy dua. Yet, this was never the practice of Rasulullah sallallahu nor the Sahaba, nor the leading Imams of the Ummah. This was not the practice of ash shafii nor Abu Hanifa, nor Malik, nor Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahumullah. This is a latter-day innovation, that has taken the place of the sunnah. And so the people who follow the Imam, they don't recite anything. They sit, they raise their hands, they say, "Amin," and at the end, we get up and we go home. Like this, the sunnah is lost, and bidah has taken its place. And this is why the people don't know what the sunnah is. This is why people, after the Salah, they don't know what to do. If they pray in the masjid where an imam actually follows the sunnah, he doesn't make dua, he makes his own adhkar. Just like Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam did it. People sit and they're confused. They look around. One uncle says, the salah is incomplete. There's no dua. The salah is not done. Somebody needs to make dua so we can complete the prayer. Wallahu musta'an. It's to Allah Azza wa Jal that we complain. So what we find is these adhkar have been taught in detail in the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. And it's our duty to spread the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. It's our duty to teach those who don't know. anni Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said convey from me even if it is one ayah, and the Prophet said, "Whoever calls to guidance will have a reward like the rewards of those who follow him, without that detracting from their reward in any way. And whoever calls others to misguidance will have a burden of sin like the burden of those who follow him, without that detracting from their burden in any way." The Prophet also mentioned, "Bada al-Islam ghariba." وَسَيَعُودُ Fatuba Islam began as something strange and it will return to being strange يعني yani true Islam will become strange amongst the Kufar it's odd, strange people, strange religion they don't drink, they don't eat, yeah, they dress like this, they have beards but even amongst the Muslims, Ahlus Sunnah becomes strangers people who actually follow the Sunnah become strange But the Prophet ﷺ said, blessed are the strangers. He was asked, who are they? Who are the strangers? In one narration he said, there are those who reform when the people have become corrupt. And when the people go astray, they come and they make suluh or islah. They rectify what the people have corrupted. Wallahul musta'an. So our obligation is to study the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from its authentic sources, the Qur'an and the Sunnah, the way it was understood by the Sahaba and those who followed them in righteousness. And then our obligation is to spread this authentic teachings, the simple pure deen that is based upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah without any innovations without any cultural, traditional methods. Because we mention this every khutbah. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ would start his khutbah with. That The most truthful of speech is the Book of Allah. The best guidance you can ever get the best example you can ever have is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu And the worst and most evil of affairs are the newly invented affairs. مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ Every newly invented one into the religion is a bid'ah. And every bid'ah is misguidance. And every misguidance takes you to the hellfire. From this we, are le- we need to learn the pitfalls of bid'ah. We've seen one of them. And that is it replaces the sunnah. The sunnah gets mixed and it gets lost. And before you know it, people don't know what is sunnah any longer. When the person fulfills the sunnah, he's an extremist. He's a radical. Where does he come from? Wallahu musta'an. Aqulu hadha al wa astaghfirullah na'zimali walakum wa liwalidayya wa liwalidikum wa li sairil muslimina min kulli dhambah. استغفره انه هو الغفور الرحيم ala الحمد لله على احسانه والشكر على وامتنانه واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا الله وسلامه عليه وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا مَزِيدًا اَيُّهَا الْمُسْلِمُونَ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ From the etiquette of the adhkar of the salah is that they are performed individually and not in unison. Not collectively in a jama'ah, in a group. This was how it was performed by the Prophet and the way it was performed by the Sahaba as well as the righteous predecessors Ibn Abbas He says That Raising the voice whilst Reciting Dhikr When the people would finish performing The congregational salah was done At the time of the Prophet That means At the time they finished The prayer They would raise their voice slightly Yani, each person would sit and make dhikr and say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. Allahumma anta salam amin salam jalali wal ikram. This is permissible. And this is what the hadith indicates. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah says, on this hadith, this does not mean that they would say it aloud all the time. Rather, the best opinion is that the imam and the one following him in salah should recite the dhikr in low voices after the salah, unless there's a need to educate others. And this is the view of who? Imam al-Shafi'i. That the dhikr must be performed softly. Unless the Imam wants to teach people, he wants to teach them what the adhkar is, what they are. Then he's allowed, he should then raise his voice slightly. But even this is only done for a short period of time. Some people took the statement of ash and they said, this is why we make dhikr loud after Salah. The response is, you're not supposed to be doing it for 300 years. Maybe for 30 days. And secondly, you need to recite the Sutnah azkar, Not make lengthy du'as that have nothing to do with the azkar of the Salah. So this is using and abusing the statement of Ash-Shafi'i and misrepresenting him. This is not what Imam ash Rahimahullahu ta'ala encouraged Rather it should be done in a way Where even if you are raising your voice It's done by not disturbing the next person It's done by not causing confusion to the next person These days the imam makes the dua loud Over the mics Anybody who's making his own athkar is disturbed any person who's late for the salat is to catch up a raka'at, can't think what he's reciting because he has to listen to these long du'as over the mics. Or the person who wants to pray sunnah at the back of the masjid can't focus because the imam has been making du'a for the last few minutes. Ud'u rabbakum wa khufya. innahu la al Allah says, Call upon your Lord humbly and secretly. Softly. Surely he does not like the transgressors. He does not like the transgressors. Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, for the followers of Imam Abu Hanifa, he said, raising the voice in dhikr is a bid'ah. Raising the voice just to make dhikr loud is a bid'ah. Because Allah said this verse, call upon your Lord humbly and secretly. Allah عز وجل وسيد وذكر ربك في نفسك تضرعا وخفاه ودون الجهر من القول بالغضب والاعصال ولا تكن من الغافلين remember your lord to yourself innafsik inwardly tadaruan with humbleness humility in a moderate tone dun al-jahri without loudness there is no need to scream at allah azza wa Allah is sami, is qareeb. He is close and he hears every single thing. This is the etiquette of dua. In fact, in Bukhari and Muslim, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiallahu anhu narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam, he found some people raising their voices, making dua to Allah. And he said to them, Ya ayyuhal nas." أربعوا على أنفسكم. Oh people, take it easy on yourselves. فإنكم لا تدعون أصم ولا غائبا. You are not calling upon one who is deaf or absent. إن الذي تدعونه. The one that you are calling upon. سميع قريب. He is all hearing. He is close to you. أقرب إلى أحدكم من عنق راحلته. These people were traveling. He said. That one, Ay Allah Azza wa Jal, he is closer to you than the neck of your camel, of your ride, of your animal. Take it easy. Dhikr is not about screaming and raising the voice. This is against the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. To end off, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam also observed i'tikaf, and he heard people raising their voices, reading the Quran. People in the masjid reading the Quran loud. He opened the curtain, addressed them and said, Indeed, each of you is privately conversing with his Lord. So do not harm or disturb each other. Do not raise your voices over each other when reciting or in salah. Subhanallah. This is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and this is taking each other into consideration. As what we see today of dhikr, screaming, done in groups, raising the voices, singing, none of this is established in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wa And all of this is from innovations that have come into the religion that need to be warned against Wallahu <laughs> Musta'an. Hada ala bashirin nadhir Muhammad ibn Abdullah كما أمركم الله بذلك في كتابه فقال عز من قائل عليم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم من صلى علي صلاة صلى الله عليه بها عشرا اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميل مجيد وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن بقية الصحابة والتابعين وتابعي التابعين وعن معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم وكن لهم ناصر ومعينا ومؤينا وحفيظا اللهم وعليك بأعداء الدين فإنهم لا يعجزونك ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله وصل الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين رقيم الصلاة.